All right, welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 106. Mind playing tricks on me. And we're back. Fellas, 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 what's good? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, CB, you're on yeah, mute. You're mute. The the trouble that I've had trying to connect to the internet is ridiculous because I'm like, we're always connected to the internet. What do you mean? Right. So and, and you're in a different location. Yeah. <laughs> like no, I literally had to move where I was from, like where I was at. So here we are. We're but here we're, we are. We're, it's Thursday, you know, <laughs> we're chopping it up. Exactly. E, what's good, bro? Man, ain't much, man. You know, just glad to be here. It seems like these Thursdays is definitely running uh, pretty fast nowadays. So I don't know if yeah. that's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I see you guys this much this often. I man, look, we halfway through the year. Like the second half is here, and pretty soon I've always said that once the fourth of July hits, it seems like you know Thanksgiving. And then after Thanksgiving, boom. Like Christmas then we're back at it again, and then we're realizing the shit that we didn't do. And we said we were going to do a year before. Eventually, somebody's got to do something, right? Um, I don't even know where I want to start. Like, I, I, I talked to CB earlier this week, and like, I'm at the age, the point in my life where there's like random aches and pains and injuries, right? So, Tuesday night, I got on from him. And my left knee was sore. It's like, okay, well, you know, just maybe I overdid it, you know, just, just low impact, but still, maybe I just killed it too much on elliptical. I did go up in resistance. Okay. So, Thursday, uh, Wednesday, I woke up, and actually, no, I was Monday. So, Tuesday um, was when I woke up, and it was still a little sore, but whatever. Went to the gym Tuesday night. Yesterday, I was out of commission. Felt like my kneecap was broke. Had hairline fracture, felt like everything in the world was wrong with me. Could barely walk. Like the, the sleep I had the night before was miserable because, like, I tried to elevate my leg to let it rest and nothing. So I had the ice yesterday, anti-inflammatory, and just rest. Skip gym day, and then today I felt like a brand new man. So I don't know. Like there was no explanation for what that pain was. Like what happened? It just it was just there and then gone. Like. Welcome to almost 40, I guess. I Take those dubs where you can, bro. Exactly. You know what? You know, and I'm just glad it was, it was a long-term thing. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is a serious. So tomorrow I can go to the gym and I can feel good about what I'm going to do tomorrow. Because right now, like, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I can walk steps without hobbling around. So whatever. <sighs> Let's see. We got some comments in here. Oh, what's good? Hey, Kaleo. Hmm. All right. Uh, Kutapo says first. Sean Xavier. What's, e. Shout out to Sean Xavier. E, you was on the Hot Seat podcast that premiered today. Uh, how was it chopping up with the fellas? Oh, uh, man, it was good, man. Uh, you know, some good convo. Uh, I I, I, uh, I got in when they were talking about the finals, you know, and they have a, a another individual over there that – Unfortunately, no, good, uh, unfortunately, he has he he uh, holds the same name as I do, but he has an affinity for 
Yeah, the other. Uh, he has an affinity for the Suns, and uh, you know, he was just really expressing his admiration that the Suns were in the finals and the Lakers weren't. So, but definitely go check out that uh that podcast because you know some good content on there. You know, but uh, you know, it was always good to chop it over with those fellas over there. Always, always. All right, fellas, let's get to it. Abigail Elphick. That does that ring a bell? Does anybody know who Abigail Elphick is? Let's just check the comments. Sean is there's Sean right there. What's good, brother? Abigail Elphick. Okay. If you don't know who Abigail Elphick is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just show you some images and maybe you'll know who this is. Victoria's Secret Karen. Jesus. Always, yeah, also known as. And you can tell by these images here that something happened. And you only see one person for the most part in this. You don't see anybody else. But uh yeah. So Abigail Elphick. Victoria's Secret Karen. The video picks up where at this point I don't know who the young lady that was that was filming it. Picks up where you see Abigail or, or Victoria's Secret Karen charging at this young lady, uh, like she's gonna swing on her. She and she may had already swung on her from where the video picks up, and then you see Abigail yelling back and forth at her, and she realizes she's being recorded. And then from there, it's it's all out like two year old tantrum on the floor, like she is. And I, and I don't know, I don't know if there was a mental breakdown, if this was mental health issues going on here, or if this was like, okay, well, let me use some of this uh, privilege that I have, and and shed some tears, and maybe I can get myself out of this. But uh, fellas, what, what what's your take on this before I go back around? I'll start with you. You like got something to say? I mean, what, what, what? At this point, it's it's comical. You know what I mean? It's, it's laughable. You know what I'm saying? Um, probably one of the better like C list performances a, a Karen can definitely put together. We 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 probably should do like a, a show of strictly just breaking down the different Karen performances uh, and rating them as they have uh, gone about their day. But um, some yeah, film man, study, exactly. Film, some, exactly. Yeah, yeah, film study, but it's just trash, man. You, you talking about, you know, you, you want to hope that this lady actually has some type of situation going on with her, but you ultimately knew that when it kept progressing, that she was definitely she knew what she was doing, and there was nothing that was going to happen to her. She knew that she was going to walk out of there with no issues. Worst case scenario, they was going to tell her finish your day, <laughs> you know, finish, finish shopping, privileged tears. Yeah. Finish your shopping. And then, you know, we'll have her just kind of stay over here so you can finish your shopping. And then after that, we'll let her go her way or we'll escort you to your car, you know, stuff like that. CB, what's up with this lady right here? Um, That video was actually really hard for me to watch, like to get through, like it was, it was so cringy, like to watch it. Like, I was, I was telling uh, one of my buddies in one of the group chats that, like, as a human being, I feel embarrassed. Like, if if the aliens invaded Earth and this was the first video that they ever saw, they might just turn around and leave and be like, nah, fuck it, man. <laughs> like, we're not dealing with this. You know, so, it, I mean, it's another week. It's another one of these situations. And, like, it's it's just uh, it's just embarrassing, man. It, it's ridiculous. Right. I think, and... And another part of it, so the video goes on for like 10 minutes, right? 
in another part of the video, so finally police officers show up, and you see the lady that's recording, recording um, she's having a conversation with the police officer, and he's saying, well, we can't force her to leave the mall. That's not our, that's not our jurisdiction. Really? So if somebody gets shot at the mall, it's not your jurisdiction to handle that case? It, it falls on mall security? But anyway, so then you, you pan out, and you see another officer um, interviewing uh, Victoria's Secret Karen at this point, right? And along with the mall security, and they're still at this point, the lady's saying they're still not kicking her out. Like, I want her put out. Like, at this point, like, this lady is has been assaulted, right? You know, the, the tides have turned. She is the one that that has called the cops. Because originally, I guess, Karen had called the cops on her for something, but whatever. And they they didn't let this lady leave, right? And then, so throughout the video, there's, there's points where they're telling the lady, stop, just stop recording. You're causing her to act like this. She's like, stop recording? I am a black woman. And if this woman tell if this woman tells the story and lies and says that I did this, you know, who are you gonna believe first? Not me. We've seen that proof. But look, you know, I tell you what. I don't know where Abigail is these days, but look, she's all over, she's viral. And, you know, if this is what happens when you don't get your way or when you when you get a little slap on the wrist, if this is if this is what happens. God help us all. God help us all. All right, so let's go to this one. The baby. Now, the baby went viral this week for the video picks up where he's opening up his, his van or his bus, wherever he's on, and two kids are selling candy on the street. Now, we've all encountered the kids selling candy on the street. Uh, most of the time, they tell you it's for school. Sometimes they date their arms. I was like, look, we're selling candy. And the baby asked the kids, you know, what's, you know, how much for the box? First kid, oh, for you, $200. $200? And he's like, how much, you know, how much is it per, you know, per bag of candy? He's like, oh, that's like $2. How many is left in the box? It's like 38 And it's just like, so obviously these kids probably know who, the baby is. If not, the, the chain he's wearing is definitely giving him away. Or part of what he's riding in is giving him away. This guy has money. So let me jack the price all the way up to something that doesn't make sense to me, but it's probably second nature to him. Oh, I got you. He's going to give it out. But what does the baby do? No. Um, and I feel weird calling a grown-ass man the baby. But what does he do? He buys one for the price of what they're selling it for to teach them a lesson that, hey, you know, next time I come at you, when somebody comes at you like this, be honest, what it is, I was going to bless you regardless. But now you tried to get over on me. doesn't matter how much money I have. You tried to get over on me. Well, now you know what? I I don't have I don't have to support in the beginning, in the first place. So was he wrong or right in this? You know, what, what do you, what's your take on this? We'll start with you, CB. I had no problem with how he handled the situation personally. Um you know, growing up as kids, we, you know, we do things like this. And sometimes you need to be taught a lesson that's going to, you know, uh, probably help them out longer, you know, in the long run, more than uh, the extra money that they would have made if he had just, you know, um, just paid what paid the 200. But yeah, no, I mean, it's I, I, I didn't see any any issues with it 
personally. It's one of those things where, you know, it, he's just he's really telling them to be honest in the, in the future, be honest. And if they had been, uh, they would have gotten the blessing that they were, you know, trying to get over on. Yep. Yep. E? I mean, lucky your blessing was a moment ever captured. That was it, right? Because they <laughs> he told him, he said, I was going to bless you regardless. The fact that you going to play me because I got money. But, you know, somebody, I think it was the Breakfast Club that talked about it. <clears throat> and it's like, funny enough, but that's what happens in, in different places. You move to a different place. They charge you differently because you move to a different location. Like, but you charging them one price, but because now I moved over here, you're going to start charging me another price, you know, yeah. or everybody knows what that comes with. And, you know, hell, old school, you know, when I was promoting, you know, at the clubs, you know, the club would say, oh, because so-and-so coming through, you're going to have to pay this extra. Like, any other time, ain't nobody in here, but you're going to charge me extra now because this fool's in here. You know what I mean? And it's like, ain't nothing changed. They're not performing. they just sitting in the corner. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, at what point in time do we get to that level of taking advantage of people just because we think they have it or even if we know that they have it compared to, like you said, the honesty that comes around with it that then – uh garnish a, like a true blessing from somebody without you trying to dictate how the blessing is going to come to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in this case, I feel like he was absolutely right. I mean, one, you can, and then I, I think Soulja Boy did a video of trying to show him what he should have done. And it says, well, who cares about Soulja Boy? First of all, look, you can't count my dollars in my pocket to tell me how I can spend my money. Right. Because it's just like, like you said, going to, we, we dealt with this encounter recently, going to a tobacco store, right? One tobacco store has your hookah for your shisha, your shisha. same, you know, what they both have the same amount, same product. One is $3, the other one is $2.50, right? Well, I go to this guy, you know, what a guy down here is a $2.50, I can easily go here, but I'm a patron in your store. Well, go down there if you want to. All right, I'm a, that's when I'm going to take my dollar. But just you're on the same block. It's the same thing. Don't tell me how to. Don't count my dollars. Don't tell me how to spend my money. I have that option of where I want to spend it. So this is a lesson learned. So maybe next time, look, they made a profit. First of all, be happy with the two dollars that you made, because you still could have walked away, right? But you know, I see a lot of people trying to come down on him, saying that you know he should have. You know, he has the money. He should have tried to give back. Give back to what? He don't. He's not. He's not entitled. He doesn't have to. You know, give give money back to these kids. Bro, people, bro, my bad. People say that because they people ain't in their pockets because they know they ain't got no pockets to be in. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That just that's what goes to show. Like people that make comments about somebody and how they spend their money, um, is is flat out ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? That's it's like you you know what's best for that person or how they need to spend their money. Uh, but then as soon as somebody gives you a suggestion or idea, you quick to call them out and, and say that they ain't shit for that. So uh, he's not, not obligated to give his money away. And it's just like having, if you got, everybody's got a, a rich relative and when, you know, somebody needs something or they need some paper, they reach out to that. I'm not obligated. I made this. This is my money. So, I mean, whatever. I, I just, lesson learned. Now let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about some 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 good news. Um, Candace Parker is the first woman on NBA uh, 2K. She be on was this 2K 22 we're on now? Yeah, yeah. Candace Parker is one of six covers, I believe, 
on this anniversary edition of NBA 2K. First woman, big shout out to her. That is huge because, I mean, this is just the beginning. Like she said, she's glad to be the first, but hopefully she's not the last. All right. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, e, let's start with you. Oh, that's a good look. She's definitely put in the work. You know, um, you talk about people who've been on the cover of, the, of these uh, these games are people that have put in the work. You know what I mean? The right way. They didn't cheat the game. They didn't do anything that would have made people say this is uh, publicity stunt just to put, you know, somebody on the cover. You put somebody on a cover because they got the pedigree for it and what comes behind their work ethic. And like I said, she's definitely uh, she definitely is uh, deserving of it. And uh, I saw the other six too. Like they're crazy. Like it's it's a hell of a lineup to be a part of. Period. You know what I'm saying with anybody. So, um, but for her to grace the the cover of it in that in that manner, especially with her going back home to Chicago. Um, although I would have liked for it to be when she was with the Sparks, but again, you know, it is what it is. And she's killing it in Chicago. Uh, definitely well deserved. Um, and you know, it kind of kind of uh, carries over uh, from the other week when we were talking about how Jordan now has like their largest lineup uh, of female ambassadors and everything. Um, it's just awesome to, that we're seeing, you know, more advancement for the ladies. We know that it's been a long time coming and we still got a long way to go, uh, but this is well-deserved. And like we've been saying, hopefully it's just the beginning. Absolutely. Uh, and Quetopo, that that's Madden that has the curse in which, Let's talk about. I don't. I don't have a graph for Madden. There was no need. There was no need to bring Madden into this. But we have a dual cover of Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes for this coming up Madden. Now, how many times can you put Tom Brady on the front cover of Madden? Like, there's plenty other guys, and I, it could have just easily been Pat Mahomes by himself. You don't need Tom Brady on the cover. But that's my that's my two cents for that. Um, Listen, if if the man is still Thanos of the league. And got all the damn infinity stones, all them damn rings he got. He can be on the cover of any damn. Put him on the cover of NCAA with him in Michigan, and nobody's still gonna be like, nah, just because of like where he came from. Like nobody gave this dude a shot. And like I said, I I think it's dope that they show his um his combine like <laughs> the way he looked when he was at the combine. Like what? Yeah. Compared to everybody else who's like more of a physique or like came out as if yeah. like it was a, a a look, you know, he put like I said at the end of the day, us on here and anybody else who watches us, right? We value the athletes that put the work in, right? Because those are the ones that from all of us that play sports, you know what I'm saying? You 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 take hold to that a little bit better than the ones that are out there cheating the game for no damn reason whatsoever, and they still don't win, aka McGregor. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, let's talk about breaking news. Now, this is news that nobody is really going to give a shit about. It's nobody is going to give a shit news. I'm going to leave that up there for a couple of years to figure it out. But again, nobody's going to give a shit about this news. Um, and let, let's, let's just lead off with, with this. Well, when you look at what the black community has been through, uh, go all the way back to slavery. It was the family, the strong family units, and the faith in God that got people through that. That got people through Jim Crow, through severe segregation, uh, through all the difficulties. But what really 
had a negative impact was when the government came along and said, there, there, you poor little thing. I'm going to take care of all your needs and started implementing policies that were destructive to family formation. Those are the things that have hurt the black community. Again, nobody's going to give a shit. These two people right here. That was Ben Covers, for those who don't know. At one point, world-renowned Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson. Now this guy is, it just, CB, you sure those aliens aren't here? Because it definitely seems like, it definitely right. seems like somebody has taken over this guy's body. And did you, did you, see, sound like he was struggling for words. I don't know. So welfare hurt the black community more than slavery. That that's kind of the gist of what I I got from that that video. So that's Ben Carson. I, I couldn't find a good clip of the other. Uh, nobody's going to give a shit. Um, that's Ty Smith, and he's passionate this week about. Um, he said America wasn't founded on racism. These are his words. America wasn't founded on racism. Slavery is, well, he said slavery was going on, but race wasn't a thing. Slavery was going on everywhere. Okay. These are, so this, these are the opinions of the two, the two uh, gentlemen that I had up here. Um, I don't know where to start or who to start with uh, about these opinions about slavery and the black community. And mind you, both of these interviews were Fox news interviews uh you got you get you like you got something to say I, I I just, th- leave it like this. this this is i feel like we're on first take and this is you know Hold on, wait a minute. i don't want cb to milk because look like we're coming down hard on the white man let's just let's, <laughs> keep, let's put cb on that is hilarious no oh, um, no, I mean, listen, man. Come on. Um, nobody's been listening to Ben Carson since never, right? Um, everything that spews out of that dude's mouth is definitely um, is 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 utterly garbage, uh, hot garbage at that. But let's just let's get something straight. Uh, the reason why that they say these things that they say is because they've been they've been conditioned to believe that it was only by somebody else or by the black account, the reason why they have never been able to overcome anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So you notice the onus is on somebody within the group allowed that to be the thing. Right. So the, 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 the blame is, Oh, but because you complain so much and we put these policies in place is the reason why you're not winning. Uh, or the historically, this is not true because it was happening everywhere else. And I'm thinking, like, go down the line of history. I feel like they're the they're the type that reads the first half of the sentence but doesn't finish the rest of it because they know that if you finish the rest of it, it's going to negate what they thought you know that they were going to say that was going to prove their point. And let's just be honest. Yes, we all know slavery has been happening since the age of time. It's a matter of not only race, but it was classism, right? And that's where it stems from. So when you then break that down even further, you realize where that comes from. And then if you can understand 
one plus one equals two, if there is a lower class, regardless of if skin color or not, that is who we are going to now utilize to make us better than the than, than anybody else. It's just that easy. So, yeah, shout out to anybody who knocks either one upside their head for it. CB, you got you got a crack at it. I mean, it's just idiotic to to hear, you know, to think that race doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, like it just is by coincidence that all the slaves look one way and all the people that are in charge look another way. I'm like, okay, I was say, right. last time I checked, there were no famous white slaves out there. <laughs> right, <laughs> except for the one that they would uh, cast Tom Cruise to play in. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, um, like E was saying, we, we haven't been paying attention to Ben Carson since he left, you know, the, the, sur- the surgeon's table and everything. Like he, he's, he's just a, it's just a show at this point. There was definitely, uh, some sense of Candace Owens. You, you could kind of get that, like. It's just it enables the people on the other side, you know, to be like, oh, shit. Well, look, those like Ben Carson, he's black and he says this. So, you know, that reinforces my feelings. And it's like, God damn it, dog. <laughs> the, all of the above. They've all right. played. They've oh, all played some random character that definitely was not who they should have been. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, mean, look, that's it. I, I agree. I agree with both of you guys. I mean, and, and that, that goes. But and, and I'll throw Kanye into this too. The slavery was a choice. Like all these are are shtick. It's, it's all shtick, right? You know, it's attention. It's it's how can I? What can I say? And, and again, at the end of the day, the only people they're hurting are the people they look when they look in the mirror. They're hurting themselves because you're still black, and then you're hurting anybody that looks like you with, with you know, thoughts like Jason Whitlock as well. Those I gotta come down hard on. It's easier to come down hard on the people that I look like than to fight against the people that don't look like me. That are causing the real issues most of the time. They pay his check, and they, and that's what they that's that's their that's the puppet master for them, right? Like you pay me, I'll go out there and I'll discredit anything that my people have done uh, the right way. Um, and again, that I feel like we've gotten to that era, right? Like I think we've had the conversation before of personal attacks and character attacks compared to what's actually true. Like you know, like what's really you know, the fact of the matter is, and, and it's just a social media thing, but social media slash media, right? And not just social, is that it tears apart what initially was things on TV used to be on a positive note. The news used to be the only thing that nobody really wanted to watch because it was trash. It was everything on the news was negative. Like, oh, this person got shot. It was this happened over here, this person over here, this whole dog kennel, you know what I'm saying? Been neglecting dogs and shit like that. That was the negative thing. Nobody wanted to watch the news because the news was the negative thing. And all of a sudden, people started getting hit like, damn, well, we can have this on a regular basis, on a regular show. Trashing people. A lot of it is self-hate people who love themselves, love their people, and vice versa. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's 
it's that it's a it's it's the whole it's a mentality. Like I don't have, you know, I've been beat over the head so much telling me how far I can go that I don't think I can do anything more. And an easier thing to do is, all right, well, I'm getting a check, so let me come down on some of the people who who look like me because it's a lot easier. I can t- I can take criticism from E because what does E have to offer me? E, e is not where I'm trying to be at on the next tier. E he he can only he's my equal. So I don't care what he has to say. But you know. C B on the other hand, well C B has a little bit more access. Let me, you know, let me tap dance for C B a little bit to get some of that, some of that access. Cause I want that, I want that privilege. I want to be able to cry those privilege tears and get away with some things. CB's just an example. I'm not. I'm not really. These aren't my feelings about CB. It's <laughs> just an example. He's the only white. Well, he, then you know what? He's the only person that doesn't like me and E on this podcast <laughs> at the time. So. He's still getting out the car if we get pulled over, though. Exactly. <laughs> CB is the spokesman. CB is the spokesman. Why do we keep CB? Because he is the spokesman for us. Like if you need somebody to talk to the cops, you get CB to do it, and we're getting out the situation. We can just only like hope. <laughs> Uh, it depends on if I'm driving that Ultima or not. <laughs> How do you get to First Street? Easy, buddy. You're on First Street. <laughs> uh, what we got? Okay, Mars, what you got here? Service is hard. Okay. I get... Well, this is true. This is true. Daniel, what's good? Welcome to the show. Yo, yo, yo. I'm going to bring up the ultimate. Well, you know, CB, look, the, the ultimate kept, you know, brought CB back down to a, to another. He knows what it feels like just, just for <laughs> a couple minutes. It's like, wow, oh, my God, this is what I'm doing. Um, all right, and then this this happened this week, too. So I think we're going to we finally getting, I think, a versus that everybody was asking for. Everybody wanted to see the locks, and everybody wanted to see if Dipset could come together for a reunion. We knew the the reunion had happened with Dipset kind of behind the scenes for a while. You know, we knew they were back together doing things. And the locks had always been creating music. So it's only right you have a versus with, I guess, probably one of the the two probably most pivotal groups when it comes to rap, like in in factions and union and units in the rap game. Mm-hmm. Uh I think this is a is a very good one. Um because kind of we know Jada had the bigger career out of all the locks, and we know out of the dip set. I mean, there's Cam probably had the bigger career because Cam was Cam before they got together. Jim, Jim became Jim after Cam and and they and them joined up, and Jewels was just Jewel, you know. So yeah, think- but not to cut you off, but don't you think Jim's run solo was better than Cam's run solo? I didn't say better run. I was just saying the name Cam. No, was I, I get it. Cam was the name. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, what, what we're gonna get out of this. I, I don't, my hopes aren't high, but I'm excited. This your hope should be high for this one. Not that, not that other, not Soldier Boy and whoever Bow Wow. None of that bullshit. This right here, this is the hip hop class that that these young young ones need to take take note of, right? I mean, you talk about on this level. This is you're talking about all facets of like from lyricism to production to stage presence to you know what i mean like the fact that you have to hold your own knowing that your counterparts 
are hard, you know, are, are lyrically like that as well. You know what I'm saying? The fact that Jim got better throughout the years, which mm-hmm. made Jewels and Cam still be dope. You know what I'm saying? She Gluch is one that typically people don't even mess with, but at the same time, you know, She Gluch is somebody that people a lot of a lot of times sleep on. But if you hear he got better over time with his verses, because clearly Styles and Jada are just who are you know they they are who they are. But and this is done at they gonna have it at the Garden. Like the garden. this is this is going to be we are out of the pandemic. We got we've gone from a virtual Instagram kind of. You know, let's log in and, and watch, you know, watch from studios or watch Teddy Riley overdo it. Can you we need to really be thanking Teddy Riley for this for this type of formatting because he was the one he didn't do it right, but he was the one that was that showed you what you could do with it. Again, he didn't do it right, but he was on to something. Um CB, what you got? Uh I'm pumped for this one. Like there's actually it's actually been um, a number of verses in a while, in like a row where I've just been like, eh, you know, I, I don't need to, I don't need to watch the entire thing. You know, I can tune in every so often and just see what's going on, read the comments, you know. Um, but this one I, I'm pumped for because you know, Jada specifically is just one of my favorites of all time. So the fact that he's gonna, you know, be on there, have his time, and I'll be interested to see. I just I, I want to see the rosters that are coming out. You know what I mean? Like, are, are there going to be people that aren't with them? Are there going to be, you know, like, you know, just, just some of that stuff? I would love for the locks to bring out Mace from the bad for the bad boy days. Right. Let's have Mace, Mace do something. We'll get into diss tracks in a second. But right. yeah, Teddy, look, Teddy versus Babyface. I would love to see them on this platform. This what they're doing now because you get some of that musicianship. But once they finally got it together and they 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 went live from the studio, we got a good sound quality. But yeah, yeah. That, I, I would love a, a, a Teddy Babyface redo, and I would love a Jill Scott and Erica Badu redo. Um, but I think who wins this one? I mean, one everybody's well, the fans win. But who has the big uh, the Locks Bad Boy run? I think was probably underrated because it was it was. Surrounded by shiny suits, a lot of people look at that. But then when their their Rough Riders run was ridiculous, and then but their underground run, like they they've had a, a, a major run. Now with Dipset, we know Cam did solo, and I think Cam got he's one of those people who evolved too. He got better over time as well. But I like a lot of Cam's earlier stuff too. I don't know who has the because individually. Like you said, Dipset probably has the stronger tracks individually because they all, between Jim and Cam, and some of some of uh, Jewel's, they, they've had successful individual careers. The Locks, she she had a, a, a okay run. Styles had a decent run, but Jada was the one that was on fire, right? So who wins <laughs> this one? If you, well, keep it at, if you keep if you keep it at a group element, as a producer, I'm gonna say. Dipset had the harder records. Had the harder records. But well, lyricism, the locks gave you hard body lyrics. Oh, without question. But I remember uh, this was a while back. I think Jim had um, made the comment um, based upon it being an equal value, right? <laughs> uh, as far as members. Um, Joe versus Case. You know, five, five, five. And then you, your last five is the actual group five. So. Sheik has his five against whoever, whether you put 
Santana or you put up against Jones, right? Then you have Cameron, you got Kiss, you know, then the last five is strictly just the yep. crew, which yep. at the end of the day, I don't know. I feel like diplomatic immunity <laughs> in itself is is enough. Feel about the Avery? Yep. Look, that that I may have a Rockefeller, but just Blaze all over it. But I'm you know, ready on there. And you know, as soon as Cam comes out with the pink, like pink anything, it's a wrap. You know, Cam is about to go in his bag, and I'm just thinking, like, it, so as far as Santana, Santana's when when he finally came out with "I can't fill my face with Wayne." That in itself, I think, is what set him over because again, he really like his solo album was was cool, but you know, because they was really trying to feature him more so towards the end of whatever joint projects that they had was to get him ready to go up next. So, I mean, and let's let's let's, let's look at it this way: uh, Jada is probably leaving Timberland and Swiss out. Jada is the only one to do two thus far, two verses. So he's already done his solo stuff. We probably won't get a lot of Jada solo stuff. They might throw it back in there. But, I mean, I, Cam's got a, a fully loaded weapon by himself. I mean, from horse and carriage, even him and Mace, he probably won't do that because Mace is on it. But that was a hit for him. What Mean the World to You is probably one of my biggest Cam records. Then what was the do one you think they're going to be doing the individual records, or do you think it's going to be strictly, like, the group group stuff? And, uh, gonna, I mean, they might throw something in there, I think. I mean, what's interesting is, and, and this is kind of sticking with the groups, the hardest, if, if you do group elements, like the hardest group to battle, the hardest group to battle, does anybody know the answer to that? I mean, it's this is opinionated, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's factual. The hardest group to battle. Wu-Tang. That's a good one. I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't really thinking about is, Wu-Tang. Is it, you got, be, you got too many fucking hard yeah. to battle. Yeah, because so you, you got you got too many individuals that I held was, their own. I was thinking new edition. They got, <laughs> they, got they got some weapons too. <laughs> but I wasn't thinking Wu Tang versus New Edition would be a good one. <laughs> You're sleepy. <laughs> I was going to say like slaughterhouse or like you know new right. anything. Let's let's address uh educated queen real quick. Joe, I was serious about Joe and Kay. It's about Joe and Carl Thomas. Not enough hits. So, who would you pin Joe against? Joe, Joe, Joe against Martel Jordan or Donnell Jones. Maybe Donnell Jones. Donnell Jones is a good one because Martel only had two hits, three. He, maybe. he had more than three hits. Stop he that. Had, name. <laughs> This is how we do it. Something for the honeys, and then uh, something for the honey wasn't even a hit like that. You had that was only three songs I know about Montel. What was the, okay? Name something else outside of Montel. You had uh, what's it? Girl, girl tonight. You had okay. That's the third one. <laughs> that was the third one. Something for the honeys. Girl tonight. And that was no. But again, if he plays it the way it is, he wrote damn near everybody else's track though. Avant. Yeah, oh, Montel, yeah, Montel wrote incomplete. But, I mean, that's that's a big he, record. I mean, he wrote Deborah Cox. Nobody's supposed to be here. He wrote. I mean, he wrote a lot of. He wrote a lot of jams. That's right. Was my. That's right. Four. You right now. You take something for the honeys off of it. It's still for, three. First it's of all. Three. First of all, who was that that said that? That's Nelman. That's oh, right. That was a dope ass track. Listen, Silk the Shocker 
made that the worst track possible that he could have ever came up with. stopping his verse. I, I, P's verse had, wasn't all that. P's verse well, wasn't all that great, no way. Joe had every 97. He did. You're absolutely right. I mean, the only reason why y'all like Joe is because, like I said, he had that one, he had like one or two, he had three cuts that just I'm, happened to be look, in that pocket. I'm with you, E. I'm with you. I'm telling Roya thinks Joe is the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. Negative. And I'm not, look, I'm, I only, I can count maybe three Joe hits, maybe four. So I don't know. <laughs> Joe, Joe doesn't get a whole 20, he doesn't have 20 songs. You got, he's got to be the preliminary, he's the pre versus battle where you give me about five and then we, you know, E, please hush. Joe's, Joe, Joe, Joe yeah, Joe's the opening, the, Joe's the opening act for Avant. Oh, no. Uh, did you know you see uh, Carl Thomas, um, Donnell Jones, and Dave Hall started the group? They I left Joe's ass out of it for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Stutter with mystical. You're right. Okay, four. We have four now. I'll add that one. Stutter was pretty dope. Anyways, okay. That's that's less rap. Okay, so we he gave us some homework this week. Um, he hit me and CB in the chat. And he was like, yo, let's do battle records. Top top five battle records, East versus West. So, you know, I want I like this view better. Let's... East versus West. So me and CB, me and CB have paired up to give you the top five East Coast disc records that we can think of. And we'll give you, we'll, we'll tell you our, our mainstream of thinking why we picked the songs we did. And E came up with West Coast. Now, there, there are a couple honorable mentions in there because there are some classic ones we just couldn't fit on the list because it didn't make sense with what we were trying to do. But um, this, this has been the homework. Now I'm going to hit him up. And I'm okay. No, I mean, we'll see where that is. I'm done with y'all. I'm going to watch Big Brother. Good night, Roya. Good night. Did not R. Kelly ruin his career? I, I didn't even. I didn't even have to watch that. Okay. R. Kelly be a really hard versus battle too. Yeah, because he's in jail. How are you going to do that? <laughs> Just look, you're right. Okay. So let's let's kick this off. Um, and I thought I put the armor mentions on here somewhere. Let's let let the comments be as biased as possible. Sean, appreciate you for joining. I, I hope some of the homies is on because I, I, I gave y'all the, the, the heads up. This was gonna be two versus one, you dig? And being a CP kind of see how it was hard because by far I'm gonna make this statement. East Coast has the bigger and better dish tracks because none of them could always get along. East Coast was always beefing with each other, so there's always a battle going on the East Coast because hip hop was hip hop was started off of the battle. That's why there's so many. So okay, we'll start off. E, you start. This was your this was your idea. So let's start off with your honorable mentions. E. So uh, I don't. Let me, let me put you in your light. Let me put you in. Your, go ahead. There you I go. don't know. I don't know what order you going. Are you? Did you do both honorable mentions or yes, just one? I, I gave you both your honorable mentions. Oh, so honorable mention. Uh, I got uh, game, pest control, and then DJ Quick Dollars and Cents. Now understand this. First of all, I and this and this is here's my reasoning or my criteria 
Right. Uh-oh, Sean, what did I say? Put it in the chat. My, my comment about East Coast having stronger battle records than West? <laughs> if that if that's the case, if that's if that's right, give me a thumbs up because I'm approved to you. Or you could just lo- you or you could just log off because you know that uh, that everything that he's saying is just garbage. Anyway, here's the criteria that I that that I think changed the landscape from East Coast to West Coast when it came to a diss record is the simple fact <laughs> is that. A diss record that is street hits one way. A diss record that they play in the club that you gotta hear hits extremely different because now it becomes a viral, it becomes a radio play song and not just some stuff you gotta go listen to like on a special, you know, like not a special CD, but like back in the day, you'd have to go play a certain number on whatever track, on whatever album to hear that diss. That was how I felt East Coast was. Like, their distance stayed within that. Hit em Up was on the radio, like, on a regular basis, right? So you're talking about a diss track that now has, and again, the, they said it about Drake's back-to-back, right? They were dancing to him dissing somebody else. That hits different. It also depends on the artist, too. I, I'm not saying it doesn't, but what I'm saying is that the, what I'm saying is that the landscape changed from when, because it became more out outside of just the normal hip hop head, was that the people that was in the in the club that didn't know or wasn't thinking about that type are dancing to a song that this dude is literally going at this dude and just calling him for dirt and they're partying to it. That's even worse. If the, if the beat is hot, anybody go dance to it. Well, that but that's but that's what I'm saying. Just because your beat is hard, don't mean that the words match. So again, so long, Yang listen. twins to the window to the wall. Like what? I mean, but I get it. Your- but listen, listen. Pest control because game is one of like I said, it's still one of the underrated lyricists that are out there. Pest control was one of the dopest, <laughs> the dopest diss tracks to put on. Just period, right? Um, and then of course DJ Quick, you know what I'm saying? That was just a, a whole onslaught of and now and, and other than game and meek, which is clearly a coastal thing, quick and MC8 was down the street from each other. Like that was that was a right around the corner this. When have you known niggas from Cali to get along? Same thing with with New York. I mean it's the same being the same hood. And that was well. There was there was some color barriers that dealt with that as well. But we'll, that's 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 a little bit more detail. It's, that's a whole nother show. All right. So for me, it's the East Coast representatives. Um, to CB, I did add one more to keep up with his two, but it was one that was on the list. Okay. Anyway, so our honorable mentions: LL, Mama said, "Knock you out," which is the final blow to the Kumo D kind of saga he had. Jay Z, Dear Summer, because. That was just that was a dope record. It was it was smooth. It was it was a groove. It was a game disc. Um, so now our, our our way of thinking for these battle records are because there was a, there's a lot that predates us before we even got into hip hop or before we even born huge battle records. So it, I wouldn't want to put the bridges over, and I wasn't really I wasn't conscious of hip hop then because. That wasn't in within our. That wasn't in me and CB's realm. Then that wasn't our beef. Right. So, but LL, <laughs> Mama said, "Not like you. You can't have 
this a, a top five disc record or whatever without mentioning LL because LL is undefeated when it comes to battling. So, all right, let's let's get through this. Uh, all right, E, let's what we got right here. What about Jay Z, the Maze? I mean, that was a, that was another one. It didn't come up on the list, but there's there's a lot to choose from here. So we were joking that we could have had 20 honorable mentions. Like, absolutely. You know, there, there's. We kept it. You could mix the list up in, any, in so many ways. Yep. All right, E, what's your number five? Uh, I believe my number five got posted. Corrupt. Um, again, somebody who clearly does not get the acclaim that he should because of the group that he was with, right? But. Let's just be, let's just make it clear. How many people was calling out DMX's name? That's true. I mean, and, 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 and 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 spelled it out for him. <laughs> if right. you listen to the dish, he spelled it out. That's why it says calling out names. And he just hey, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Now again, what's behind this, you know, around that time, you know, there's more to it than you know what's on service value. But for me, uh when you talk about a West Coast representative that's going to promoted like to really go out of diss track like they're not he's not dissing Sheik Looch you know what I'm saying like he's dissing DMX and the whole murder ain't like they were throwing bombs knowing that you had that you that you had to really ruffle some feathers to because again you got to also remember this was right when that kind of that that thing was starting to turn from not so much more east coast than where the west coast was starting to get more play than the east coast was because a lot of cats weren't they, they just weren't making hits where it was coming out. Um so me and C B are number five. We decided to go with fifties wankster, the Jaru disc. Now, obviously it's number five. To me, and I'll let C B give his side. To me, this was this was one of the first kind of fifty picking on jaw discs. It was I think it was more of a one sided disc. Battle because uh, Jaws' responses never really clapped back, and then the New York record they weren't as strong as Fifty was on a on a roller coaster. His momentum was building, so anything he put out was was going to catch fire anyway. And this is just kind of, I mean, this is number five, so you can only imagine what's going to go from here. But I th- I think it was strong enough to make top five. Go ahead, CB. Given the um, parameters that we kind of set for ourselves. Um, trying to come up with some examples that were, you know, more relevant for like, you know, our lifetime and everything. You know, I was in high school when this this track came out, you know, so there's just all of that that comes with it, you know, when music and everything during that period of your life like sticks with you. And so that beat just whenever it comes on, it's like, yeah, well, this joint's about to crank like it's. Um, and you're right. It was kind of like a one-sided disc with the way that it always looked. And, but 50 at the time, what this was like, cause Wankster was right before he basically became the hottest dude that was out. Like, um, so it was like the precursor to all that. And, you know, it was like the end basically of murdering, you know what I mean? Like yep. they changed their name and everything. Yep. Alrighty. Number four is only fitting that, you got to have somebody that got to take out the bully, right? <laughs> Who better than the game? Uh, first of all, 300 bars, I think, doesn't get enough 
respect on the the disc the disc track. Um, long as shit. But but for for <laughs> the amount of changeups that happened throughout that whole piece, like he didn't fumble it at none. Like you know what I'm saying? And when you're talking about one person going up against the whole entire clique and addressing each one as you're doing it. Like to me, like I said, he t- checked off all the boxes, like, and was like, "I got more. I really could have kept going, but you know, I'll, I'll save it." And ke- and like I said, three hundred bars is just it's it's, uh, it's underrated. Okay, I mean, I was, I've, I've heard it. Me and you have talked. I mean, I remember it because he constantly switches the beat up, and I'm, that's how I remembered it. Uh, coming in for number four, you can't put you can't have a battle without the classic "Who Shot You" by Biggie. Um, he fired at Pac. Uh, this was after Pac had got shot at the studio, and Pac was just on just you know a, a revenge tip. And he was he had said that Puffy had him shot, you know, or attempted murder on him was done by Puffy. Uh, and so at this point, Biggie was at the point where he was, I guess, tired of just the, the back and forth, and he. He spit the who shot you. I mean, one of the strongest. The Biggie and Pac beef was, I think, it was created by created by people outside of their camp, outside of Biggie and Pac themselves. The beef was so built up by people around them that all they probably had to do was be in the same room together, have a conversation, and we probably at, at least one of these brothers would probably still be alive today. So it's a, it's a much stronger record than four, but at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the beef ended with both of these brothers losing their lives at which could have been their you know, when they were pretty much in their prime. So, and we would love to, I would love to see how it would have played out if, if given the opportunity. I mean, they, this bat, this beef right here brought the East. Ver- this is what really began the East versus West kind of, Hatred for one another at that point. It was it was it was tough. CB. Yeah, I mean, in terms of what was going on in rap and hip hop at the time, like you know, the the East Coast was starting to have to take note of what was going on, you know, <laughs> out west. And you're right. Like I do think that um, there was just so much else going around, like Biggie and Pot, you know. Um, you know, with the producers and all, all, everyone else that was involved. And like, we know that Biggie and Pac were friends, you know, like they, they had a good relationship at one point. You know what I mean? So um, it's one of those things where at the time, like this is what introduced a lot of people to, you know, what a, a beef was, what, you know, what rap beef was and everything. So, you know, I think that the, like, it would be, you could put this, anywhere on on the list and you you can make an argument for it so um yeah i i, I don't think anyone should be offended that it's at four it's we will we'll admit it could be higher yeah absolutely go ahead e. you just put it up there i don't <laughs> i don't need no preference like just put it up there <laughs> i need i say more <laughs> Because everybody was listening to this song and everybody was jamming to it. And this was the precursor to 90s hip hop. 
Bottom line, this right here, this Dre Day can be played any given time. And you know where you were at when you heard it the first time. That whole feel of that whole summer when this thing dropped was crazy. In all fairness, like, I mean, that whole album was ridiculous. So, like, anything understand but, from that album was just but understand people clearly forgot because you're so in tune to the beat and just the fact that it's a party that you're rapping lyrics about this thing luke and easy e the whole time right, right. the and whole entire another, song another neighborhood beef <laughs> well the luke thing was definitely the Boy, luke thing good. i feel like the and and we should we should have prefaced this the videos back then were what gave it even more so of that because the videos the, back then were crazy. Yes, because it was it was everything was every there, there was there was nothing that was off limits when it came to no. the videos, and they definitely then showed that look like them and everything. Sheesh, yeah. that the was, that was the, the thing. getting plugged by another dude when he when it, during the verse one came up for uh for uh, Luke, but uh yeah, I mean, I and I, I know he doesn't have it on his list. But the easy response was kind of dope too. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, two guys who, and I'll, I'll leave Luke out of this, but easy between Easy and Dre, two guys that grew up together. I mean, they pioneered NWA. At the end of the day, I mean, if you don't know the story, I mean, you've probably seen Straight Out of Compton at this point, or at least heard the story before that about their beef. But um, yeah, now it was this was a good battle. Uh, Easy never really bounced back from it. I mean, solo career wise, but after that, I mean, Easy went on and found a Bone Thugs of Harmony, and he was on to another thing. I mean, he left the Dre thing alone. I mean, he, at this point, Dre had already discovered Snoop, and at, at this point, this one Snoop was on fire. Like, I mean, this is fresh, hungry Snoop. Where, yeah, dope, 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 dope. Uh, I right, see what we got number three. Ah. This had to be on the list somewhere, right? Number three yeah. is Hove's takeover. Nas this. Now, let's let's be let's be clear. This was not the first shot Jay took at Nas on record. Because uh is that your chick? Is that your bitch? Whatever. There's two versions of it, by the way. It's the one where Hove just has the verse and it's twisted and Missy and Meek. The myth, Memphis Bleak. But then there's the actual ver- version where Jay has the whole song to himself. And he goes off. So, but both verses, both verses of that song, Jay is taking shots at Nas. Never says Nas' name on wax until the takeover, when he actually says Nas' name, which actually started or amplified the beef and made it more public than anything else. CB. I mean, he also was taking shots at other people too. Oh yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, like. But yeah, the, I mean, when we talk about beefs that stand out in our lifetime, like you, you think about Biggie and Tupac and you also think about Jay-Z and Nas. So it wouldn't be a list if tracks from that beef were not included, you know. And I mean, Kaleo, you laid, you laid out all the points perfectly for, you know, why this one, you know, why we chose this one. Um, well, there could have been other Jay Z tracks that we could have put, so you know. Uh, real quick, let me, let me, but my bad. Let me address Nelman and the four three two one. And we we actually back probably about two years ago. Me and CB did 
top beefs, right? We did a whole show about what we thought the top beefs were back in the day. Uh, and <clears throat> LL Cool J and Cannabis was on my list because I remember this beef started over L's tattoo. Like, Cannabis 4321, the original version, Cannabis had a different verse, and he was just paying homage to L. He was like, yo, L, that tat, let me borrow that. And L has the microphone with the crown and the the four, you know, that says four, three, two, one. He's like, and he borrowed it. L took it as a diss and wrote his verse. So LL Cool J's verse on four, three, two, one that features cannabis is about cannabis. That's there. There, he's talking about the guy that's on the song with him. Then they supposedly hashed it out. He made cannabis change his verse. He told cannabis he was going to change his verse and then didn't change it. And then from there, the beef happened. So that that's a real interesting one. Uh, no respect yeah. to all you brothers. Yeah, exactly. Hey, listen, uh, super ugly, um, super ugly. That that one. Yeah, that got real. That was Jay regrets doing super ugly. But because didn't he do? But didn't he do it at the? Uh oh. Oh no. East Coast wins again. But uh, no, uh, what happened with Super Ugly was Jay, Jay made the verse of I left condoms on your baby seat. Yeah. And after he said I left condoms on your baby Jay's mom got involved was like, no, you need to apologize to that man. No, don't bring in the kids. But didn't he do did he do Super Ugly on uh, Hot 97? Yeah, he, he premiered on Hot 97. He went on, had the interview, and then premiered the track right then and there. And it was a horrible track, first of all, because it, it was just, it was, I think he was, it was, he was so shook by what he was responding to, and we'll get into that soon. But we'll, let's talk about Super Ugly in a second. All righty, what you got for number two? <laughs> I mean, this is obvious. This is, this, is, this is before you get into it. To me, I think this is probably one of the hard, if not the, this is probably the hardest West Coast diss record I've ever heard. Go ahead, E. That said what I needed to say. That when you talk about somebody coming off of a group. That clearly you knew that they wrote all the shit minus, you know, uh, minus one other one other person, right? You talk about cheese Louise, like there's no way you can't listen to this years later and still feel like he just did this shit yesterday. Like yeah, that's that the, the 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 impact of this song is crazy. You listen to this song when you know you feel a certain way about somebody, and that's just how you want them to know that that's how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is it. This is, there's, there's no ifs and buts about it. We ain't got to draw no line in the sand. I just don't give two shits about you. I don't care, care for you no further than I can throw you. Like, this is where it's at with it. Um, but Q being the lyricist that he is, I feel like delivered this track something serious and again uh i i i'll be honest this was this was a toss-up between one and two for me because the impact of this one i thought it was gonna get number one i I thought they were gonna flip roles um it had it had potential um yeah this is again neighborhood beef (laughs) these dudes that grew up with each other Um, right yeah no this was one of my favorite scenes from Straight Outta Compton when uh, uh, Cube's son, well, he, he's a junior, right? 
yeah, when he when he played the hell out of the role of his dad, mm-hmm. and they and they premiered the song in the movie. But yeah, again, no, this is a dope ass record. If you the have title of the song it, says it all. You know, yeah. like it. That's Look, it, Sean. Sean, that I battled with even mentioning that. There's, but there's a lot of other. And then common, common Chicago, right? So yeah, you know, yeah. He, he gave me, he, Listen, he gave me see, about mentioning Eminem, and you know, okay, fine. Listen, don't no, don't don't downplay it. And Sean, the reason why I said that is because you can play. Because again, if we're gonna do that, then we should. Then it should have been an updated version of Beast between different, like the two sides, right? And then just said who won, whatever, right? Common did have the beef with Cube, but Common also got completely murdered by Drake in Stace in in in, uh, in the scheming verse that he had with Rick Ross. Because of that Serena Williams stuff, so like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't want like if, if we go for that, which we'll do later on, that we can do like out of the two or here here are the songs that came out of the beefs. Who won the beef? You know what I'm saying? Like, but again, there's too many people because we we didn't even we're not touching on you know Jeezy and and Gucci uh, or anybody else. Like, we had to stay away from the South. Like, just keep it where we're at. And that'd just be fair line. I had their run too, but um, number two for us might be a surprise the most because I think some people may have forgotten this one. And I remember me and CB, we were doing the show over Superfly's house. And yeah. We, like, made show, we were like, oh shit, he responded. Like this beef was heating up. And this is the story of Added On. Like, first of all, look, we know that Pusha and Drake had their beef. Um, and this was pretty much the response to Drake. I can't think of the song Drake did, but he was meant he mentioned Pusha T's fiance at the time. Yeah. Day. And from there, it was it wasn't even I don't think it was 24 hours. May may have been maybe 24 hours, maybe a tad more before we got stories added on. And let me tell you why this song meets number two. It, it could easily be number one, but number one is number one is number one. But this song right here. Made the man at this point, Drake was kind of untouchable. He was riding off the back to back high, beating Meek. First of all, Meek ain't Meek ain't shit in the battle. Let's be honest. Meek, a, a beef with Meek is not a beef with Pusha. No, any hip hop head knows that. <laughs> Pusha put that to wax because Drake had to change his whole album after this track. Drake's whole album is changed. This is facts, this is what happens. Not only did that happen, Pusha T outs a mystery child that Drake has no one no one really knew about. How the hell do you have that that classified information? Three, on top of that, he ruins Drake's Adidas run that was getting ready to happen. Drake is now back with Nike. Like, and then not even the worst part, I mean, he went after OVO, who's sick. I mean, it was no cut cards. Amazing yeah. track. This is pure hip hop. People live to tell a story. No one died off of this beef. But my God, like you know, Jay Prince had to get involved, to tell Drake to stop because this man has no cut cards. It, and Pusha was gearing up. Pusha said, "This is only volume one of the, the summer that's getting ready to happen to you." I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Before CB, before I let you go, I yeah. I I still feel like Drake should have just went ahead and released this shit that he had that 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 uh. Prince said that he had he heard it and he was like that was just hype. Nah, 
Nah, nah. Drake's it, a battle rapper. Come on now. Now listen, listen. But what the reason why I say that is because they both had already started punching way below the belt, right? That I feel like if you look at it at that moment, first of all, what does Jay Prince have to? What does he win? By telling Drake not to put out that track. When Drake has, when Drake, but listen, Drake's following in Houston, right, alone. Why don't you think that they, they that he wouldn't have dropped that track? But what does he have to lose if Drake takes the L? No, nah, that's, that's the case. He don't have to lose nothing because he's Jay Prince. They, first of all, he is Houston, he is the South. So Drake losing a battle didn't do it, it which everybody clearly says that he lost to pushing T. Like, we'll just, we, we all agree to that, right? He didn't. He never didn't, responded. Right. He didn't lose out though. So the end. Exactly. He, Jay Prince saved Drake from himself. Drake's career wouldn't have been over, but I'm, Pusha was just gearing up. If this was just on the first, if Pusha gave you all this on this first track and said he had more in the chamber, what I'm saying is, Drake, but Drake is the Drake is at least that type of artist, right? That at the end of the day, he he welcomes the challenge right who else like and he said it like i've been gearing up for somebody to come at me so if, if you finally get somebody that's actually gonna make you sharpen sharpen your skills right why not that, that that's what we talked about with with uh, either sports people or the musicians right that that pass away right we don't really know if we got all of the greatness out of them because of certain things that probably you know got in the way of that and again, they weren't about to shoot nobody. This is Drake. Like he sings. You know what I'm saying? He's singing after he's singing after this diss track. Like he's going to sing. Obviously, Jay Prince didn't have to convince him that hard not to go for the next round. Because if I'm hearing this and I got something ready to go, I don't care what anybody's telling me. I have to respond to this. It was like, oh no, don't do it. Don't jump. Okay. He was he was waiting for somebody to interfere, tell him not to do it. That's my go ahead, CD. We we've been talking over you. Go ahead, Steve. What, what's your take? No, I mean it's it's wild because what made it so much bigger was at the time it really had felt like Drake had never lost. You know, like it also felt like he was kind of can crushing because Drake gets into beefs with guys that you know can't outwrap him. So this is the first instance where, and that's the thing. This wasn't a beef that he started, you know, he got roped into this down the line and, you know, he's sticking up for the team and everything. So now he becomes a target and Pusha T is not the man to fuck with. Like, you know, it's it is one of those things where I do believe that Drake really did not want to release like what it because at this point now it's mythological you know it's bigfoot it's the Loch Ness monster like oh there's this track that he made that was gonna be the follow-up because you're not gonna release or you shouldn't be releasing a response that's worse than the song you're supposed to be responding to you know what I mean so there is a lot that that track would have had to live up to after this and it's (laughs) when you just think of (laughs) when you think of like a, a song actually having that much of an impact. Like we're not, not talking about like someone losing their life, but we're talking about like dollars and cents impact, like to a different degree than just a, a normal beef would be like, it's, it's crazy for that. Yeah. Look, make no mistake about it. First of all, 
everybody should thank Kanye for being the dickhead that he is that created this that, that this beef because that's where it came from. <laughs> and and Drake still drags Kanye to this day. Yeah, look, it's like they said, never fight an ugly person because they ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> like, on that end, like Drake was the only one that was gonna lose in this situation. Put there was no way Pusha could lose anything in this. We already know Pusha's story for the most part. Okay. Hey, what you got coming to number one? We don't even have to talk about it. Everybody knows what number one is. And <laughs> in, in actuality, the one thing I should have told you was that should not read that should that there should be more to it than just Biggie slash bad boy. It should say everybody whoever spoke his name because he, he literally gave everybody the precursor to I got more in the tank. It, it, Pac ended up being what this rap is now the level that you throw your diss rap to, right? They, they, they build what your number one was is off of this one. Yeah. Your number two was based off, off of this one. So you know, yep, all of that, all of that, and, and 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 the crazy part about it is like half the people that you put on here, he had issues with, if not all of them, right? LL, he had a problem with, he had a problem with the Fugees, he had a problem with everybody, like you know what I'm saying? If you ever said his name and you came out wrong, he put you in a song, and let's just be honest, the difference, and and I like I said, I agree to your number one as far as the East Coast to this one on the West Coast is his his pure aggression is what made this song to this day the hardest like diss track because anybody else's diss track of them sounding angry would not have come across like this. Like and then the video, like CB said, the video, the lookalikes, the fact that he took a beat that they had already used and made money off of and he flipped mm -hmm. it and I'm he said I'm gonna show you that I can flip what you're doing and do it even better. And this you while I'm doing it. Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And our number one should be no surprise at this point because if you, you already know, you're, when you think East Coast Beefs, you already got at least two songs that, that stood out when in the beef. And I'm going to tell you, this one hurt my heart. <laughs> Nas is either. It's definitely number one. I was, I mean, I, I was, I love Nas. I was a, a huge Nas fan. At this point, I was more on, on a, a J, as a J fan. But when I heard Ether, like it took a while for me to hear it because at this point, everybody was it, it just became like a, a thing that just got released, like because there was mixtapes, like you really didn't have. There was no internet, you know. Yeah, there was no. It wasn't popping like that to where I can YouTube it and it's right there. No, it was like he heard Nas Ether. Yeah, like no, what? I, so and this was right around like was uh, the album was Stillmatic, is one of the most. Yeah. Stillmatic had got yourself a gun on it. I mean, it had one mic. So this shows you the mindset of what Nas at. But yeah, Nas Ether, man, was an amazing response to TakeOver. And I mean, Nas got Pusha T kind of grimy on it and over the over a tight beat at that, too. The first word spoken on the record. Say it all. Jay-Z. Exactly. Like, are you serious? Like that set the tone for everything that was about to happen. He said, "Well, whiskers like a rat compared to beans, you whack." <laughs> he said, "You scared to smile uh, as a baby? They called you ugly." 
Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> like that is like that is ridiculous. Like, ah, yeah, Nas Ether was to again. Yeah. This is within the come up of, of our our hip hop mm. realm. Nas Ether has to be. I mean, there anything prior to like in the eighties, I mean it's probably some harder stuff because I mean it depends on what you're talking about, I mean, like, but this right here, again, the Nas and Jay Z beef was big because it was two huge stars at the time. Right. Not like Big Empire, but these are two major New York icons. Yep. Queensbridge and uh was Brooklyn. Where's Hove from? Brooklyn. Uh, You're supposed it? to know. Right, yeah. But it was <laughs> Jay versus Nas, right? Marcy. Marcy Projects versus Queen. There we go. But yeah, uh, it was Jay and Nas. Like two, it's like Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan when they fought at WrestleMania. Like the two good guys are supposed to fight each other. Like it's always baby face and heel, but nah. Right. Uh, but that was that was a good exercise. Uh, what we at right here with? Listen, Pox. Yeah. Pox first, like he, he, the intro, the beginning words to hit him up is enough to just say, well, oh, that's where this is at. You heard that, and you played it back before you even got through the track, just like Ethan, right? You heard the first first eight eight bars. He was, Mm-mm, I got to rewind that again because I got to hear that. Every single one of these joints, if we're thinking about it, you know, like yeah. that's why it stands out. Like yeah. it, they they don't. They don't take their time getting into it. No, at all. It's that time of the show. Zach Noho's bar. It's that time of the show. Uh, it's time for Issa just eat. So, what we got this week, brother? So, before we before we do this, uh, you know, the fellas, uh, you know, we're we're privy to to me having a little bit of time and and uh, getting some stuff put together. Um, I want to tell everybody, uh, you know, thank you for all the FUs and all that good stuff. It uh, it, it drives me, you know, what I'm saying through this through this show through this segment. Um, I want y'all to be on the lookout for the uh, lemon pepper wings or trash shirt that's going to come out here real soon. Uh, we're going to have a display for you, uh, you know, hopefully in the next, you know, couple of weeks. Uh, they The shirts will be on sale for sure, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, hope you purchase some, you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know, it's the truth anyway. But um, no, uh, I, and I what you know, what today's segment, I, I really I was going to have props because you have to kind of visually get into this, right? But is it just E segment this week is regular creamy peanut butter versus crunchy peanut butter. Now, understand this. There is no way in blue hell that I am ever eating crunchy peanut butter. Why? And let's just get this out here. Some people out there that love it, whatever. That's that's your prerogative. But anything that you put this on is going to tear up the shit out of it. If you put it on bread, your damn bread starts to then crumble because now the peanut butter, the peanuts are starting to catch on the damn bread. Put it on crackers, crackers that it's the consistency is off. Anybody who eats crunchy peanut butter is just you might as well just eat peanuts and just call it a day. I, I really don't understand why they even made this a thing but 
You know what? Uh... <laughs> yeah. CB, what's your take, bro? Um, so I'm going to be upfront and honest. Like, I love peanut butter. Like, it is a vice. Um, it is, I'm one of those people that I'm like, you know what? I deserve a treat. I'm going to get this spoon. I'm just going to go into the container. But you know what I'm not doing it with is I'm not doing it with crunchy peanut butter because he is right. That's like spreading like uh, sandpaper across the across the bread. Like it, it's like it literally just tears it apart. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm not like if you if I go over to someone's house, they're offering to make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. All they have is crunchy peanut butter. I'm still going to eat the sandwich. Like, you better believe that I will because I do like peanut butter. That's what it is. But you better believe that if there's an option, I'm confused about why there's an option and why you have both. Thanks, Sean. That is that is correct. Everybody who eats crunchy <laughs> peanut butter should report to the nearest street and not move when cars come their way. Absolutely. absolutely. So, look. I might as well take my black ass out and play in traffic because I am a crunchy peanut butter fan. <laughs> now, they're they're both do reside in the household, but I am the go-to crunchy, and I've mastered the art of There's making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with uh, crunchy peanut butter with both sides of the bread pasted in crunchy peanut butter with a nice helping of either strawberry jelly or grape jelly in the middle of the sandwich. Do you, do I, I just, I have to ask this question now. You said that it's- Thank it's, you, Melman, I, exactly. Do you guys have like special utensils or some shit? Like, how do you do this? You, you, you clearly don't, you clearly don't use a knife <laughs> to put crunchy peanut butter on bread. I know this for a fact, right? You can't, there's no possible way you do it. Secondly, I need you to answer a question for me. Please tell me that you do not have my niece and nephew eating crunchy peanut butter over there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, they probably, they probably tried it. And, and, they, and they realized that there was something wrong with their much. dad. The, the, te the texture sometimes. I get, you know, kids, textured eaters. But look, let me tell you. I'm, I, I don't know. This is, and this is probably from, from moms. Moms is, is probably, yeah, you get it from somebody, right? So I, I think she was my the reason why i started liking crunchy and, and look i like but i like peanut butter in general but if i had my choice to get up and make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or to have um so many different things to it but peanut butter and banana i can be like elvis i'm going with the the crunchy i'm just it's just it is what it is cb this your boy this is your boy oh my god this is your boy crunchy peanut butter Absolutely. And then he has both of them in the house. Like, what? Absolutely. Absolutely. How dare you? <laughs> the comments are killing me, yo. These comments are like, yo, come on, John. <laughs> Drink lemon pepper, right? Eat Chick fil A fries and those Exactly. Sean, you know exactly what it is. You know that. Now Listen, I will he's... say I have I have done that. Not, not my preference, but there's been a couple of times they left the sauce out the bags. Or hell, if you I mean if you keto, I mean and the fries aren't keto in you, but you know why not cut back on some 
the buffalo ranch sauce is amazing. Whatever. But yeah. Chick-fil-A still not my number one fry. We are we already had that conversation. We already <laughs> Oh boy. <sighs> and then there was this. So, as you guys are aware, our Soul Swap segment, we are going over, you know, any news thing, things that are going on in the sneaker sneaker world that we just want the We Are Something Else family to be in the know about. And this should hit close to home for pretty much everybody because this is just letting everyone know that COVID and shit is still real. Um, one of the uh, big plants out in Vietnam that helps manufacture shoes for both Nike and Adidas has had to shut down. Um, I think they said it was for at least 10 days. There had been 49 cases of COVID from the factory itself. So um, I don't know. I wasn't able to find any information on like whether they uh, have any projections for like any kind of impact that this would really have like monetarily on any of the companies. Um, and it actually is more than just Adidas and Nike. They actually manufacture for a bunch. Uh, but it's just, I mean, it, it's a reminder that, you know, there is still a lot of stuff going on in the world um, yeah. and people still need to be be safe out there. So um, this, when, when I came across this and I was like, yo, people need to hear about this because it's, you know, things are opening back up, you know, you know, people are out here either, you know, unmasked because they got their shots or unmasked because they're just lying. Um, and, you know, like there's there's people still dying and shit. So um, we know that things are starting to get better. It seems like things are starting to get better, but uh, you got to you got to keep your eyes open and see what else is still going on. You know, yep. Wear the damn mask because it's affecting my my shoes coming in. <laughs> right. So eventually, it eventually will start my stop my mess up my, my shoe um, pack uh, mailings or whatever. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. This is this is very real. Um, and and it seems like this this is what the Olympics is basing their decision off of yep. to go uh, spectatorless too. And so if we get back to that that uh, realm of sports where there's no fans. I mean, I'm going to blame it on the assholes who think that COVID wasn't real, you know, that kind of thing, because, like, come on now. Like, we're just getting – WWE will go live tomorrow with fans for the first time. I mean, they did WrestleMania, but this is, like, first, like, public kind of thing. SmackDown will have fans, and the feel is just different. So, let's yeah. – you know, let, let's, let's get our shit together. But, yeah, when you start to affect my kicks. Don't be messing with my shoes. Exactly. Exactly. You got something? Nope, you said what you need to say. You keep fucking with our shoes, it's gonna be a problem. Right. <laughs> what you got now, man? That's for your damn shoes with ice on. Exactly. Spray yeah. the box. Like you gotta lay again, layer it down and spray trying to get some COVID. 
Like, look, especially if I if I win this raffle tomorrow for these bronze, I want them on time. Like, they better not be affected right. by this shit. Right? I mean, I just was, look at the tag of your shoe and see how many of them say made in Vietnam, because I trust and believe that there's a number of them that do. It just goes to show, man. You just you just gotta be doing what you gotta do to be safe. What do we got for the copper drop, CB? So um, another Dunk Low collaboration. Um, this is with FTC. Um, and what's dope about these is that, um, and actually this is also just kind of funny to me. Um, They're taking inspiration from Japanese bathhouses. So um, like <laughs> it's one of those things where, um, you know, a lot of shoes and dunk specifically when they do these collaborations, they want to be able to tell a story. Right. And so when FTC and Nike SB got together, um, you know, this is, I guess, the story that they, you know, decided that they wanted to tell. The materials are super dope because um, it looks like there's a bunch of like suede's and uh, just different materials. Um, and obviously it's summertime, white baby blue combination pretty much undefeated so um they're they're gonna be they're 110 bucks um they're uh there's gonna be a sneakers draw on the 21st so um not uh this friday but it is that next friday something something like that uh or monday tuesday something whatever it is uh all we know is that these are probably going to be really hard to get probably going to get the sorry your entry was not chosen um yep. But if anyone out there doesn't want to enter into, into the sneakers draw, I wear a size 10 um, because these are a cop. These are a cop for me. So yeah. what do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I would, I would cop. I like the colorway. Very uh, summer-esque. Um, the, co- the pictures don't do it any justice um, virtually. Yeah. Uh, I, definitely like, I definitely like the combo. Um, and then when we get into, uh, get into doing this, the soul tales, I got a, another little element, but what what goes into how you style your shoe? But yeah, I, I definitely see myself uh, trying to cop those. Speaking of styling shoes, I'm still waiting for my uh, shoe strings, but um, yeah, they, these are definitely a cop. Um, yeah, um, like you said, you can't go with that. You can't go wrong with that colorway. Um, for the summertime, I just yeah. feel like it's it's too clean not to have almost. And to be honest, that that yellow kind of that blue combination in itself, you can. Yeah, you can go so many ways with that. So Get you yeah. old, uh, old Nuggets jersey. Yeah. Get you a mellow Nuggets jersey. Go right with it. All right. Shoe and tell. Uh, any volunteers for first? I'll go. Right. This is uh, this is actually um, based upon uh, I think on IG recently. Uh, this this guy was just saying, you know, uh, he had showed a, a four. And he had ran his finger across the floor because he had not worn his shoe. And um, it, it hurt me because I had I had previously a few shows back showed a four that I've worn. But you can't get away from the cracking of the bottom of the four just because no of the paint. No um, but in honor of wearing your shoes. And when I say I wore the shit out of these. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've worn these. Like you can tell that I put my foot in these buttons. Dirty sole and everything. But these hoes was so hard that I that's why I wore them so much because I felt like this 
the white and red was definitely a summertime. I wore these shits with every damn black, white, and red jersey that was possible back then when they came out. So, yeah. Uh, I still need to... Shoe strings are still pretty good. I just need to... Again, this one, that the sole rubber was different than what we've had before. So this wasn't a quick clean. You actually had to find a cleaner that would get this back to white, or it will change it a different color. Yep. No, I love the 14s. So... Um, we got some chucks, but these are some special chucks. Yes, sir. Montclair fragment. Oh, I saw the email for those today. Yeah, yeah. yeah these yeah. joints are sick. Um, they're they're way cozier than the old school. You know. I don't even know how many pairs of chucks I own, but you know, it's a, the, the insoles on these are a little bit nicer than, um, you know, what, uh, all the yeah, uh, old school basketball players were running up and down the court in exactly. back in the day. Nike, that, that Nike, uh, sold it. They finally put it in there. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I think it's, they got like some different materials, um, on there. Um, but yeah, these are, these are pretty sturdy and I feel like, uh, I mean, you just can't go wrong, man. Black and white, that combo's undefeated. And because getting fragment J's is impossible, you know, at least I can get some chucks. So, were those price were, were those price decent? Um, one sixty, I want to say, but they do. They came with a drawstring bag, which it's like, you know, not too many just regular sneaks coming with drawstring bags. That's what, that's what takes them up to one sixty. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, because you better believe. Uh, I did. I was like, "Yo, you can get like three pairs of chucks for." Uh, <laughs> but you never, yeah. you never even use that bag. It's there. It's like that, uh, the Jordan, um, the towel that came with the. Okay, remember what number those were? But it was like, I don't use it. The towel is still in the box with the the shoe. I didn't use a suede brush, but I'm like, it's just part of that presentation, you know. Exactly. Um, so, Rwanda Patriots. Yeah, I mean, this feels like this was meant to be. Everybody knows what that box is. We had a few unveils with that box. Um, Times Square pack. Um, when I saw these, I didn't know what the hell they were on uh, on Cole's feet when he was with the with the, with the Patriots, the Ronda Patriots. I was like, yo, that whatever the colorway that is is dope. So, and then unbeknownst. The Times Square pack with the three different colors. This was the first one, the kind of infrared, orangish looking color. The blue just dropped, and then like the Volt is uh, is up next. But uh, it's tribute to Cole's time in New York. Um, that's where it came from. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Um, who are we at? Why are we at it? Look, DC Shopper. Big news coming out of DC Shop High. And I don't know a lot of you locals watch NBC4, but Grant was on, uh, he did an interview a while back and they finally posted the story today on NBC4 about his, um, about DC Shop High, you know. Which tomorrow is the soft opening of the new shop, which is uh, based out of Marlboro Pike uh, in Capital Heights, Maryland. I will put the address up, but yeah, come out. I'm going to try to make it out there tomorrow. Um, 
just to show love and support the grant for everything that he's done. But look, you can pre-order tonight to pick your pizza up tomorrow from the shop. And if you do, save yourself 10%. WRC10, that's our code right there. But yeah, um, tomorrow, I think uh, up until 7, I think he may close this. Uh, I heard 7, but it may be longer because it's soft open. But the grand opening is in August. We'll start promoing that soon. But yeah, tomorrow, uh, the doors are officially open. So everybody can get their hands on a DC shop high. Wasn't privy going to their fr- the original spot, but now it's their first spot. So let's let's do it. Grant, shout out to Grant. Um, he was on the show last week promoting all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it was last week. But anyways, yeah, uh, fellas, great show. Thank one thank everybody for watching. Uh, like subscribe if you haven't done that already. Um, we're back next week. Yeah. Um, Soul Tales is coming. Soul Tales is coming. Be on the lookout for that. That's all I really can think about. Listen to me and CB's um, single Ask. Uh, all the way, out there. way to Aspen. Oh. Aspen's out there. Exactly. Shout out to Nelman. Thank you for watching, Nelman. Sean Xavier, my brother. Look, check out Hot Tea Podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday. Spotify, Apple, I believe. Anywhere you can. Everywhere. Find we're I, everywhere. For sure. Yeah, wherever you check, check them, check them out. And then check us out. We're on all platforms. Well, I said, y'all, we have something else. Peace. 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 We out.